Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. him a little shout just to praise him. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. You know very well we're having uh, free food, free, a free plate for all the fathers. So, so you want to stop in at uh, Stella's Kitchen and get yourself your plate. And the other thing that we did is that we got three barbecues. And we are going to give you tickets to the fathers, and then we're going to raffle them. And if you win one, thank you, Jesus. If you win all three of them, we're going to have to split them. You can't have all three of them. So if you're fathers, would you stand? They're going to give you the tickets. I think uh, Malachi, do you got them? Okay, somebody's got them. So give them the tickets there real quickly. If you're a father, stand up. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we need more help so they can help sister pass out those tickets. Oh, yeah, we got somebody else there. Okay. Got them all? Anybody else? Did, it, did we leave anybody? You can sit down, fathers. Thank you. But uh, we're going to raffle it out, and there's three of them, three brand-new barbecuers. That way you can take it home, barbecue and have a good time. And then when you think of the pastor, you could give him a good steak <laughs> for being so kind to you. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30. And I want to say to you, I woke up this morning crying, happy, crying, happy. I, I couldn't get over myself. So I just decided to turn the whole thing into lemonade. <laughs> Make it sweeter. Because I don't know why I was crying. <clears throat> but whatever it was, it was good to make me look at myself and made me want to just say thank you, Jesus, that you care so much for me and you care for God's people. So, so anyway, if I cry a little bit, it's because I'm a chillon this morning. Okay, but I'm, I don't think I will, but just in case. Especially the things I've been thinking of. I think uh, we all fit in the same category here, especially as fathers. If you're a father, I want to tell you, you're one bad dude. Yeah, you are one great man. Because too many fathers are running away and they don't want to take the responsibility. But the man that stands up and says, I got nothing to offer you but love and care. I'll stick with you until you die. That's a good man. That's a good man. That's a real good man. That's better than having all the riches in the world to have a good man. So ladies, if you have a good man, treat him right. 
Yeah, today is his day. Spoil, spoil him rotten. So he'll never leave and tie a chain around his leg. <laughs> With a lot of love, a secret chain. You know what I mean, a secret chain. I want to think, uh, talk about David. And let me go back to Abraham. Abraham, when he was 90, it was almost 100 years old when God spoke to him. He was called Abe. And uh, God said, I'm going to change your name and I'm going to give you 76 more years, but I'm going to call you Abraham, the father of all nations. He switched his name after passing through all the trials for 100 years. All of a sudden now he is going to have 76 more years on the earth to conquer whatever he needed to conquer. You got to say to yourself, God is always looking at me, and God is always searching me out, whether you're a lady or a man. He's always looking at you, and he's always desiring to give you everything that he wants to give you, but you have to go through some changes so that you won't spoil the blessing. We don't want to spoil the blessing. We want to live in the beautiful place called blessings and knowing that he's there with us. And how we got there was through many, many trials, many, many problems, physically, mentally, spiritually, and all kinds of other stuff that comes along. So you got to be strong. You want to have everything that God wants you to have? Got to be strong. God cannot use a coward. God don't, doesn't like people when they cower down. You got to stick it out and be who God wants you to be. That's who he wants you to be. So I'm going to go through the story in the book of Samuel, chapter 30. And I'll probably read a few verses and then keep reading and here is David. David is a warrior with a heart that was for God. First of all, his heart was deeply involved in the presence of God, but yet he had warriors. He had those warriors when they came to him at the cave of Abdul. When they came there, they were broken. They were men that felt they were never going to do anything. David slowly, slowly, and slowly trained them. And as he was training them, they became great warriors because that's what they used to be. Now he had to bring them back to that mentality of being who they were supposed to be. So David trained them. So they say that when you would look at one of David's men, that he would look like a lion. Their hairs were long, their beards, they were big dudes muscle people, knowing how to handle the, the weapons of war. They were, they were assassins. They were, you, you might call them, they were good warriors. They weren't sissies. They were warriors. And these men stood out. And they scared people when they would ride. They would scare. If, if, if one of these men would come and, and see a lowrider, the lowrider would cry. <laughs> because they were rough riding horses, muscles everywhere, and knowing how to use their weapons. They would slice you up in a hot second. That's the way they were. And David trained them that way. 
and tra trained them to a place where they became a mighty army. And at this point, they were in the city of Ziglag. Ziglag. And Ziglag was where David had a house there built and had rooms and had houses there. And all that area belonged to him. He bought it privately. There's nothing like owning land when you can put your name on it. This is our land. And David had Ziglag, and he had a compound there where they were right in and right out, and they all had their wives there. But the enemy is very subtle. The enemy is so subtle that he will look at you and study you, your ins and your outs. And you have to be a man and a woman that are praying all the time and making sure that you cover all the bases. Because if you don't cover all the bases and you neglect one base, you neglect the base of your own house, he'll creep into your house. Or you neglect uh, uh, the other place where you're working and you neglect it, hey, he'll creep into that place also. So we have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. I, I see all of you here, and I see great warriors. I see people that you have fought a lot of battles, and I see some of you that are still fighting battles, but you got this killer instinct. Not against people, but against the devil. You're a killer, a killer of devils. That's what you ought to put a t-shirt, I'm a killer of devils. Get out of my way, big devil, get out of my way, I'm coming through. So I see you, and I know that you've been through a lot of stuff. And I know some of you personally that you've gone through a lot of things. And I rejoice in that. In the book of 1 Samuel, David is running. And he's running, running to maintain himself. In 2 Kings, he's reigning. Sometimes we have to run to maintain to get everything that we need, to work, to do whatever we have to do, so we're running. But David didn't realize that when he get to 1st, 2nd Samuel, that he was gonna get into a place of being a king, where he was going to reign. No longer did he have to do what he had to do, but he was reigning the whole kingdom. So you might be running right now, and you're running the race for God, but God says, I have a place for you. That when it's time, you're going to reign. And you're going to reign everything. So God wants us to stop running and get to reigning. Get to reigning. So his property was Ziklag. Let me read this. 30, verse 2. As, he, as David's coming back, well, let me read verse four, 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, on the third day that Amalek had invaded the south of Ziglag and smit the Ziglag and burned it, to, burned it with fire. So all of his place was burned down. Verse 2. And he had taken, they, taken, they have taken the women captive that were therein, and they slew not either nor great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. This is the sad part. Verse 3, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with, with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. 
And David, his two wives were taken captive. Let me read verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and for his daughters. But David, come on now, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Father, thank you for your presence and thank you for your people. I pray that you will touch them and you will encourage them deeply. In the name of Jesus, I ask, amen and amen. So David was taking care of business on the outside. And little did he know that the enemy had studied him and they wanted to attack his house when he least expected. And that's what happens when we neglect our own houses and we as men, we just want to do what we want to do outside of the house, that we start neglecting our own house, our own house. And the Bible says that they came in, burned the whole place down, took the children, didn't kill any of them. But here is what, what gets me, is that men will always be men. And I don't care if they look tough, and I don't care if they look like lions, and I don't care if they look real, real healthy. But when it comes to family, when it comes to family, it's war all the way. It's war all the way. Because family is important, especially when they came into their compound and they looked for their kids and all of them were gone. How would you feel? If your sons were taken, if your girls were taken, all the little ones that you had are all taken. Plus, your wives are taken also. They're gone. And they are looking at that, and men, grown men, started crying. Crying. How many of you grown men do we have? Have you ever cried? Yeah, especially when something goes bad. You cry. As fathers, we cry. I, I have my family. I had six kids, five girls, one boy. And all the girls put me through trials. <laughs> I started learning what it is to be a man, not a kid anymore. When my first girl, you know, got entangled with somebody, oh, my God, I wanted to. I went all over the neighborhood looking for my girl. I ain't going to say which one. I ran through the whole barrio. I, I ran with Edgy. We took over the whole place and said, we're going, to, we're going to find this girl. Finally, we found her. But to get her back, she was all crazy. You know how great girls, when they start partying, they get crazy. They, they're all demon possessed and their hair is different and, and they got an attitude and they just want, they're all right and you're wrong. So that, that broke my heart. That broke Stella. So we're both broken, 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 broken. Brought her back. Then the next one went on another one. I ain't going to tell you who they are. <laughs> and then the next one. By the time I get to the fourth one, I was good at it. <laughs> Go ahead and do whatever you're going to do. Get tired. I'll be praying for you because you're coming back. <laughs> yeah. You're coming back. Because those things are what makes a man. Nothing makes a man but tough things that happen to a man. And tough things that happen to ladies. Costello was right along with me. Yeah, we're going to fight this together. And we will cry together. We will weep together. But it hurt. It hurt to get 
behind the pulpit and preach while I was going through all that. Stella was on the corner there just praying and praying for me. And because only me and her knew what on earth was taking place in our own house. But I said to myself, hey, God, you made me to be a leader and to be a spiritual leader. The difference between the congregation and me is that the congregation will always weep for what's going on inside of their houses. But when it's going on in my house, I got to take care of my own house and then I got to think of everybody else so that I can bring them out. That's the difference between you and I. You think of your immediate family, I think of the big family plus my family. And, and that's the way it works. But David was a man that was a passionate man that loved the things of God. And he had to be tested in these areas because God says, I don't want you to neglect now your house. I don't want you to ne neglect any area of your house. I don't want you leaving that long that way because anytime the enemy will get the best of you. So David had to adjust himself. But the Bible says that he was in deep distress. Look at verse 6. And David was greatly distressed. Distressed to the point that this man was living in anguish, in agony, in torment, and confusion, and in deep, deep pain. I don't know about you, but that pain will lead you to God. Those afflictions will lead you to God. And if you're going through all that stuff, get into God and be stubborn as a mule and say, God, I'm going into your presence and I'm going to find you and I don't care about what's going on. I'm going to resurrect out of this grave and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight and I am not giving up for anything. Once you get like that, that is a good thing inside of you. But David did it differently. David did it differently. He grieved, but he looked at his men, and his men, they were crying like big babies, and then they turned their grief against him. All their anger was pointed to him, and I could see him just moving away. And in verse 7, he says that he went over to the priest, and he said to the priest, bring me the ephod. The ephod was a garment that they would put so that they would go into prayer. It was like an, a garment that, that was very sacred to them. Not everybody would use it, but the David went to the priest and says, give me that ephod. So when he put the ephod on and the men saw it, they said, oh, he's going to hear from God. And we got to wait here until he comes out. And David was before the presence of God. And he asked this question, says, should I pursue them? Because I want you to be with me. And he said that the Lord spoke to him and said, pursue them. Wipe them out. And he got up from prayer and came out a different man in his countenance, in his spirit. He was so different. But his men recognized the anointing that was upon David, that David was a true man of God, that he knew who God was. And they said, okay, we're going to get up now. Get up, you big old chillones, you big crybabies. Get up and let's mount up because we're going to go get our families. 
Uh, we're going to go get our families because you got to understand that when you're a man of war, you're going to have to fight. Ladies, you're going to have to fight. I like ladies that stand next to me. I got it, Pastor. I'm praying for you. I'm believing God that everything's going to be all right. I like ladies to, to tell me that because that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that there is some backing on the ladies, but I want to hear the men that they will rise and say, you know what? We got your back, Pastor. We're going to see all this church through. We're going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And we believe that God is going to accomplish what he does always. He does the best. The best. So if you want to be a leader, a leader will always, always have skin of a rhinoceros. A mind of a scholar in the word of God. And a heart of a baby. Because you could have a big mind but not have godly skills. So you might have some skin but it's baby skin. We need some rhinoceroses in the house. Have you ever seen a rhinoceros? Especially when he gets to attacking, he goes like this. He, he gives you a warning. I'm coming for you, sucker. I am going to get you. And he starts doing that. And, and once he focuses on you, he's going to go get you. And that rhinoceros has thick skin. Christians have to have thick, thick skin because the things that come against you, you got to shake them off. Shake them off because if you let them there, they wound you and they mess you up forever. you got to shake yourself up. How many have ever seen an animal when he gets washed, he just shakes. He shakes that water. Let me tell you something. There's a Holy Ghost shake too. You just got to shake a little bit. Of, sometimes I do it. Mean, i got to shake this thing off of me. This demonic force that's trying to get me down, i got to shake it off in the name of Jesus. i got to release a freshness in my life and I am going to duke it out until I feel the glory of God all over my body. You got to shake it off. Tell your neighbor, shake it off, neighbor. Yeah, shake it off. Sometimes it gets monotonous. Well, you're just hearing them constantly the same thing, same thing, same thing. Someone like the devil wants to give you a hickey in your ear. Well, <laughs> I said almost. I said was. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Right when he put the ephah. I don't know about you, but I've had my times of weeping, of brokenness. But when I put that ephah on the prayer cloth, the praying all of a sudden, I feel this encouragement inside of me. I feel like I could breathe again. I feel like I could see beyond the problems. I feel like there's a new anointing upon my life. And I feel like just doing more, more, and more for God. And God wants us to be like that. Encourage yourself, sisters. Encourage yourself, men. Get up and be who God wants you to be. Hey, get up and... And do what God wants you to be. I look at my age, I, I feel like a teenager still. I, I feel like a young man, like 40 years old. I feel a new juice inside of me. I feel a new glory. I'm not getting old, I'm just getting better. 
Come on now, Heinz. I'm just getting better. Hallelujah. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Woo! You ladies need to look at you in the look at yourself in the mirror. Put on all the paint you want, but let your spirit be alive. Be alive, but look pretty, ladies. Look alive that God is in you and running through you, and you can conquer anything that comes your way. And you men get up too, man. Get up and put that anointing on you. And the man that you used to be out there, use the energy in here. Not rude, but powerful in the things of God. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He remembered the past battles that he had with Goliath. When he got the lion, when he destroyed the bear, when he destroyed the giant, the encouragement came back to him and said, you know what, I've done all those three things, and these men are nothing and he probably looked at his men and said, man, this guys look wild. I just realized how crazy they look. <laughs> and he was encouraged and his men started getting up. No more tears. No more brokenness. We're going to go get what belongs to us. We're getting our wives back. We're getting our kids back. Come on, somebody. Because... I don't care what you say. If you have somebody you love, you better take care of them. You better love them the way God wants you to love them. Keep them because they get old and so do you. But when you're fresh inside, you want to do everything that you can to accomplish God's will. You sometimes have to refocus yourself when you're encouraged. Refocus yourself because God wants you to refocus yourself. I'm here to tell you, you young ladies that perhaps didn't have a father or your father just left and broke your heart. Let me tell you something. You have a father upstairs that will mend your heart and love you and give you back the years you have lost. You men too, you young men that you feel like you're lost. You're not lost no more. You got your father up there. Let me tell you something. You got a father that loves you more than what you think. Let the Lord heal that part of you, young lady, young man. Let that part be healed inside of you. I was that young man. I didn't have a future. My father was in the Navy all the time. 32 years in the Navy. I was there with my mom and I never saw him. I saw him maybe once or twice. But let me tell you something. My mama put something inside of me and said, but son, you got to go. You got to go. Send me to California. I was here with my grandma and grandma brought me up. Sister grandma, man, blue eyes, little white hair. And she was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Spoke nothing but Spanish. And she says, I'm taking you out, son. We're going to get on that trolley. We're going downtown. I'm taking you to buy clothes. I'm going to look, make you look so nice. Grandma was beautiful. I remember holding her hand and she was just loving me, loving me, loving me, loving me. But there was nothing, nothing so good than to have somebody care for you. Let me tell you something. If you got a mama, that's your mama and that's your daddy. Let me say it again. If you got a mama, that's your mama and that's your daddy. Because there's some tough ladies. 
tough ladies. I remember reading the history of Pancho Villa. You don't mind me saying this. Pancho Villa is from Mexico. He was a warrior, you know, causing a revolution. So he had a general, and the general died, and his wife was named Cucaracha. <laughs> Roach. And Cucaracha was in charge to fight the enemy. And Cucaracha, they came to him, they came to Cucaracha, and they told her, Cucaracha, Cucaracha, we ran out of ammo. We ran out of ammo. What are we going to do? He says, I don't know about you, but I'm going to fight with my hands, and I'm going to cuss them out. <laughs> so I want you guys to do the same. Cucaracha, even though she was a sinner, but she was a revolutionary, yet he, she had words, and she knew that she could defend herself with those words and bring out the real men inside of them to pick up their dukes and fight. Now, that's history, okay? It's real, la cucaracha. So if I ever call you cucaracha, it means that you're bad. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. It's not in my notes. <laughs> this is what I want to bring up. One word from God. Say it with me. One word from God. Say it louder. One word for God. Again, one word from God will change my life. One. One. I was looking the other day and I saw my picture when I first got saved. Blew me away. Years. It's been years. I was a young man. Sonny Arkansonia, I made the altar call, and Sonny, Pastor Sonny, was praying for me. And I looked at that, I said, is that me? At the picture, you know, is that me? And it was me. How did I end up with that picture? I, never, I can't even remember. But here I am preaching a nobody that became a somebody. So... So one word encouraged me. One word encouraged me. I was sitting down right there where you guys were, and I remember that I was listening to Pastor Mitchell once, and I was young, just pastoring. I think I had like 80 people, and I was young, and I remember sitting down in that conference, and as Pastor Mitchell from Arizona started speaking his word, all of a sudden I felt like somebody got a harpoon and dug into my soul and brought out my soul, and I saw myself. And God said to me while I was out, I says, I want you to take your church and I want you to plant more churches. And then I came into myself, right in the service, right in the service. And from that point on, I said to Stella, this is it. It's a brand new thing happening right now. And she looked at me like, what? We're going to start planting churches. We're going to get these young men and we're going to get them ready. And we're going to see a lot of churches go from us. And, and all of a sudden... It happened. It happened. But it was one word. One word. And when I saw myself come out during the service and God speaking to me, that changed my life. I want to tell you, sisters and brothers, one word from God will bring back life inside of you. It will heal your heart. 
It will bring a different mentality inside of you and it will give you energy like you've never experienced. Benny's drugs, none of those things will give you the energies that God will give you because when those juices run through your life, you will create a new atmosphere for your life. Then came that place of understanding that God's favor was there. That's what David felt when he got that one word, go and pursue them and go and defeat them and go get, get your wives and your children. He was encouraged and he did it all. 200 men dropped. He went in with 400 men and he got, it, he got everything back and some. All the spoils, he brought them all back. But they were happy because the Lord was running the show. Don't forget who's running you. Don't forget who's running because the enemy always tries to deceive you that it's your own power. It's never your own power. It is the power of God. It is the power of God. <clears throat> I, I think a lot, you know, in, in my prayer life of everybody that's going through something. And I pray for them deeply because I care for them. I know what it is to lose loved ones. I know what it is to be hurt. I know what it is to be betrayed. I know what it is, a lot of stuff that people haven't seen, but I know it. But I also know that if I pray for my people the way they prayed for me, that they will make it through and they will come out better than ever and broader than ever because God knows exactly what he's doing with us, with us here. Come on, lift up your hands with me, would you? And just say with me, Jesus, I came to the house of the Lord to hear a word, and I'm hearing it today. Resurrect my life in the name of Jesus. Release a fresh anointing upon my life in the name of Jesus and cause glory to come upon my life, energy to come upon my life. Strength to come upon my life. In the name of Jesus, I pick up my weapons. I will do war in the name of Jesus. And I will have the victory because I believe in you and you changed me. And in the name of Jesus, the war is on. Come on, give them a clap offering. Hallelujah. 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 <clears throat> Victory came to David, but it only came as he fought for it. There's a Psalms, in Psalms 92, verse 10, it says, But my horn shall be exalted. The horn was where they put the anointing of God in that horn. My horn will be anointed. But it also represents the horns of a, of a large animal. Well, the freshness always comes when you are gone through the valleys, when you've gone through the testings, get ready to get that horn of oil in your hand and say, you know what, I'm going to pour it all over me. When I walk out of this house, I'm walking out anointed. I am walking out of here fresh and really full of glory because I am exalting that horn. Some of you need an oil change. You've been running on the same oil. Oil gets old. You need a 
change of oil. You need a refreshment inside of your soul. I want you to stand with me. <clears throat> I believe I got good leaders in the house. I feel like I got really, really good leaders. And leaders that have been tested. Tested, tested, tested. I don't like to use a man that hasn't been gone through anything. I like to use a man that he has been tested. But he's been tested and he kept on going during the test. And they kept on going. They might have been bleeding a little bit, but they kept on going. I like to see ladies like that, that they're not cowards. They just say, you know what, Pastor? We're going to do whatever you need me to do. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it with all my heart. Young ladies, your future is ahead of you. You haven't even seen your husband. The ones you've been messing with, they were devils. <laughs> Wait until you see the real man of God that has, God has for you. Wait until you see that young man. He might be in the house today. Who knows? But if that is for you, that is exactly what God is going to navigate for you and accomplish it. Some of you men, it's not the end. Some of you young men, it's not the end. You're just starting. And you're starting at the right place in the house of God where David ran. Where David ran. David ran right to the ephod, said to the priest, give me that ephod because I'm not going to come out until you talk to me. That's the attitude we did this morning. I'm not going to leave this place unless God speaks to me because I need a word from God. I need a word from God. Don't expect the heavens to open. It might be just somebody praying for you that says something that you needed to hear or some little word called love or something or just a caring hand or just somebody that embraces you. Everything begins to change in your life. Everything begins to change. I want you to close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you right now for this flock. I thank you for all the testings that we've been through together. I want to say I love you so much. I thank you so much because you are so awesome, Father. So awesome. You have not allowed us to get lost. You always brought us back. We want to thank you right now. We want to thank you with all our hearts. Young ladies, don't be hurt because your dad left. Come to the house of God. You got a bigger father here. His name is Jesus. He will take care of you. He will embrace you. Young man, doesn't matter. If I made it through, you're going to make it through. Because hey, the father of lights loves you, loves you. Every head bowed, just close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I pray for this flock. I pray for all these warriors that you're picking up. Thank you for all these ladies that you're picking up. I pray in the name of Jesus right now for a brand new anointing on their lives. A fresh, fresh wind. A fresh glory upon every one of us, Father. 
I pray that we will bloom. Bloom, O oh Father. Bloom in the name of Jesus. Bloom in the house of God. That when you look down, you'll see nothing but warriors, Father. That we haven't given up, we haven't given in, and we will never give in because we love you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here today as you're closing your eyes and you say, Pastor, I've been hurt for a long time. I don't tell nobody. I know what that feels like. You don't have to be hurt like that. You need to give it all to God. Young man, you need to give it all to God. Elderly man, you need to give it all to God. Elderly lady, you need to give it all to God. All those scars, God will take care of you. And God will take care of you. I know he will. If God spoke to you this morning, I want you to step out of that chair and I want you to come there's not too much room in this altar, but we can do what we can do. And I want to lay hands on you, because this morning it was like bitter and sweet. It had to make it into a nice lemonade.